You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you had a great weekend. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. On today's show, we're going to break down the Jay McGillis spring game. We're going to talk about what happened, who were some of the stars that emerged from the game, what players really stood out, what position groups we noticed. We'll get into that for this entire show. This whole show will be dedicated to the spring game. There was other BC events this weekend. I could talk about BC baseball blowing a eight-run lead in the eighth inning to get swept in a doubleheader against Notre Dame, but I really don't want to talk about that. We could talk about BC softball. They swept Pittsburgh, which was great. There was really no recruiting news to talk of this weekend. You know, a few offers here and there, and one player made his uh, top seven, and you'll see more about that on BC Bulletin. But I think it's important that we just talk about the spring game because there was so much to, to chat about. So, Let's just kind of run down how it works. So on Saturday, it was an 11 o'clock start. It was on the ACC network. You had Mark Herzling on the call who, you know, he during the regular season, he tries to take off his BC hat and be as objective as possible. When it's BC playing, he, he had no um, ifs, ands, or buts about doing that through the whole game. You know, he was talking about, you know, his first date at Lower Commons. He was talking about what it was like being at Boston College for a spring game. I mean, he was really diving into all of that. So you had that, and for the first time in a year, and the first time since Jeff Hadley became head coach, there were fans at the game. Now, I know many, you know, Joe Public here wanted to go to the game. Unfortunately, they were not allowed to. But what they did was they w- was allow the uh, parents of fan, uh, parents of players, excuse me, and pl- uh, families as p- players, staff to go to the game. So I thought that was great. And, you know, I saw a lot of people complaining about it uh, earlier in the week. But I think if you just kind of think about it, think about numbers-wise, right? So Boston College is allowed to have 12% in that stadium. It's about 4,000 people. You know, if you're already filling it with 2,000, and it looked like that on, on, you know, maybe a little bit less, with, you know, family and friends of staff and, you know, some VIPs at BC – you're going to get 2000 public how are you going to you know manage that how are you going to you know sell tickets to that when they don't usually do that it's it was a tricky situation i think they did the right thing and you know they're going to get things ready for the fall so there was that they had fans no more just cardboard cutouts at the game which uh halfley talked about being really great and then they split the teams up they they made Team Dracovic, the first-team offense and second-team defense, and Team Grossell, the first-team defense and second-team offense. And you got a good chance to see a real blend. And they did this. Uh, they, they set the game up um, with traditional football rules for the first half. So you got to see uh, kickoffs. You got to see all of that. And they cut back on a few things. They had no kick returns. They had no uh, tackling to the ground, which I know some people may not like. But you know what? At the end of the day, the mo- what's more important, getting some extra reps in or a guy getting hurt? So they escaped this game with no injury. So I thought that was big. So just they called it the thud rule, where a guy kind of just lays into a guy but doesn't really bring him to the ground. That's what they did in that game. Um, and that kind of changed the a, a little bit of the the complexion of the game because you couldn't really run the ball that much. So, you know, if you're a power back and, you're, and your game is to break tackles – 
you know, you can't break tackles. So there was a lot of, um, you know, balls being blown dead pretty quickly. That's okay. You know, this was all for fun. I think that's what the the take-home message at the end of the day. So, you know, the score, uh, one team won, I think it was like 21-16. The score doesn't even matter. I think at the end of the day, um, Jeff Halfley said it best. The, the 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 reason they have this game is to let the players get let loose and have fun. And I think you you look at the pictures BC football put up on their Twitter site. You see the the press re, uh, you know the press conference with Halfley after he's beaming. You saw you know Jakovic and Grossell during uh, during the game talking to ESPN, and you could sense it. You could sense these guys look really happy. Um, because they've, you know, again, it's just like every year, like not every year, but like last year, they've all done the sacrificing again. They've been, they've had to give up, you know, seeing their families going out for dinner after practice and things like that with them because of COVID. So, you know, this was a big deal for them. You know, a lot of players, this is the first time they played for their family. The first time many of them have been to alumni stadium for these families. So it was great to see all of that. Now, in our second segment, I'm going to talk to you about some of the stars of the game. We're going to look at, you know, a few names that really popped out, maybe names that you don't expect, and a few that you do. But first, let's chat about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football and college basketball are over, but the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Heck, you can even bet on the NFL draft. If you think, you know, Justin Fields is going to go third, they have an over and under on where he's going to get drafted. Same thing with many other players. Hunter Long's not on there, but many other players are on there. All you need to do is head on over to BetOnline.ag. Use your mobile device or computer to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on. Again, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lacanafora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team makes trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the Odyssey app. Now, if you haven't checked this out, it is great. I spent all weekend listening to the Ultimate Mark Draft, and I really recommend that you do too. It's a lot of fun. I found the best part of this is when you disagree with a with a with a pick. There was one really early on. I was like, "Ooh, I don't like that at all," you, and I and you hear why they do it, and you, you disagree. It's kind of like a it's kind of a fun experience. If you have not checked it out, check out the Ultimate Mark Draft 2021. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. This is Locked On Boston College. I am AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bolt and part of the Fan Nation and Sports Illustrated Network. And I wanted to announce that we have a new uh, feature on our site, and it's called the Premium Feature. Now, you may have seen other sites that do things like this. Let me tell you. With our Premium Feature, what we're going to offer you is inside information and recruiting expert analysis in football. You're going to get scouting reports on recruits. You're going to get my analysis on things that you would not normally get on the website. And all you need to do, it's $60 a year or $5 a month. That's a cup of a, co- a cup of coffee for that. If you really want to support the work that I do and get good Boston College information as well, I recommend that you sign up for premium. It's a $1 Um, first month so you can check it out if you don't like it you can unsubscribe the other piece with premium you can use it to look at any number of websites so you can look at 
the Syracuse site and see what they're talking about. You can look at Sports Illustrated. You can check out SI All-American, our recruiting site that talks about all the national recruiting pieces. And on top of that, we're going to have message boards soon. We're going to have a detailed commenting system. And until that point when we get that, I am going to create, a, and I have it right now. I'm just waiting for people to sign up. I have a special Discord uh, page that's invitation only so you have to sign up for premium to get that and what you can do with the discord you can we're going to do question and answers on there where you can ask me anything you want i will give you tidbits that you won't find on the website and it'll just be a great way to build a boston college community until we get the message board which should be coming in the next few weeks so i hope you give premium a chance and uh think about subscribing and uh i hope to see you on the on the site and if you have any questions about premium, feel free to DM me. I am happy to talk about it with you. Now, let's talk about the spring game because I was so pumped to watch this. And it was a beautiful day in Chestnut Hill. You know, sunny, warm, mid-60s. It was perfect day for football. And we got to see some things that I thought uh, really bode well for uh, the fall. Now, let's look at positional things here first. We're going to do positional parts on section two our third section will be on uh certain players okay and then tomorrow i'm gonna you know cut and paste some of jeff halfley's press conference we'll get a whole bunch of things about spring football that we're going to get into so positional position wise right so one of the big questions that came up was what you know the defensive line we talked to vince ogabase last week he said that they've improved they've looked better and you know mark herzlich said it best i thought this defensive line got a whole offseason to strength train, which they didn't get last year. And I think that was super important because now they're bigger and they're stronger. Jabuzi and Wuka, he's about almost 300 pounds. Out. I think he was only like 280 last year. So you get guys that are bulking up and they were able to make moves. You saw Shata Salah make a couple plays. You saw Brandon Barlow make a play. And Wuka and TJ Ram, you saw them all you know, at different points make different plays. So... I was really impressed with the, the play of the defensive line. And I think Jeff Halfley said it after the game that they're going to be the key to next year. And he feels like he feels confident that they're going to get better. So I was really impressed with that group. And then the offensive line, uh, you know, there was a lot of changes that went on. And I, and I think we should talk about it here. So let's talk about Zion Johnson first. So I was really pumped to see that Zion Johnson is back at guard because I thought that was his most natural position. That's where he played his best. And I thought last year when he got moved over to tackle, he struggled a little. Now, Herzlick said something I hadn't heard before. He said that uh, Tyler Vrabel was hurt at times last year, and that's kind of why they moved Zion Johnson out to the tackle position to kind of protect Vrabel. I, you know, that might be the case. I thought you know, just my, my brain that Johnson was going to tackle because it's a more lucrative position, but it made sense. But the, the offensive line looked great. You know, you had your, your starting five and, and it was back to where they were in 2019 with the addition of Christian Mahogany in there. And then you saw when you, when you got to see the second team offense play, there was a couple names that and things that I thought popped up that were interesting as well. First of all, Drew Kendall was playing center. And now that strikes me as really interesting. And he looked big. I mean, you know, you get kids out of high school and, and, you, and you wonder how they're going to look. Drew Kendall looked like a college a college recruit, a college player at this point. But he was playing center with the second team and he did pretty well. Um, but what that strikes to me, what, what jumps out to me with Kendall is Alec Lindstrom is going to be gone after this year. You know, Alec Lindstrom is the starting center. He's going to definitely be in the pros in 2021. Um, or 22, excuse me. 
And so you're going to have an open center position. You're going to slot Drew Kendall in right away. So I, you can see why Kendall may have, you know, jumped to, to be at BC. And, you know, they could also do changes of position with him, but he's going to get early playing time fast with BC. You know, he'd probably be the number two center on the roster come this summer. And, you know, that, you know, it only takes, and you don't like thinking of it, but if there's an injury, he, he could slot in right away. So that was interesting to see. They also talked about, as well, they talked about Finn Durstein, uh, which I know a lot of people have been asking about. And he looked good out there. You know, the, you know Herzlik at one point talked about how aggressive he was playing out there and, you know, blocking in downfield and doing things like that. So, you know, what struck me with the offensive line is that they have ready talent already built in. Uh, in case of, there's uh, injuries. And the other guy that you got to see a little bit of, which I didn't think you would play, was Elijah Krasnovic, who looked like a freaking monster out there. He's humongous. Um, but he should play uh, sooner rather than later, too. So you've got Kendall. You've got Durstein. You have you know Kevin Pine out there. You have... Krasnovic, who's probably raw, but you know maybe if they coach him up um, as as backups, and I think that's going to be important moving forward. And the final group that I thought looked interesting um, was the wide receiver group. How deep this group was because you they played during this game without Kobe White, they played without C.J. Lewis, and you still saw obviously you know we'll talk about the the individual players, but this wide receiver room is incredibly deep. You have guys up and down this roster that can play. And I think the interesting part, I was talking to someone online about this earlier on, on direct message. I was saying that, you know, a lot of these guys were Steve Adazio guys. So this offense, this this room was built by Steve Adazio, a guy that couldn't put an offense together that believed in throwing the ball forward. And they have so much talent there. And we'll talk about some of those individual players in a moment. You know, so it was interesting to see. You didn't see much in terms of uh, the backups, in terms of quarterbacks, because, it, I mean, that looks pretty pretty thin at this point. Because it looks like you got Jakovic and Grossell. But, I mean, how many teams are you going to have the third-string quarterback be elite out there? So you saw a little bit of Emmett Moorhead. You saw a little bit of Matt Weave. And um, then a little bit of Dalen Menard. But... Um, you know, they're, they are what they are. They played the second half. The second half of the game was all kind of unst- like structured uh, situational plays, like the red zone and things like that. Not really the most interesting part of the game, but it was there as well. Now, in the final segment, we're going to chat to you with you about some of the players I thought really stood out to me. And I've kind of addressed a few, but there's a few specific ones, that, and especially ones that um, are not everyday everyday players that you're going to want to hear about. But before we do, let's chat about Built Bar. One of my highlights of my weekend, and I'm not even kidding you, was on Sunday, I got my new shipment of Built Bars, and I got my new uh, limited edition chocolate brownie chunk. And these things are inc- chocolate, c- chocolate coconut almond brownie chunk. Excuse me. And these things are amazing. I was so excited to get them because what you're getting is a bar that's 100% covered in chocolate. It's a protein bar, so it's going to fill you up. And it's not filled with junk. You know, there's only a little bit of sugar in each one. Uh, There's not a lot of fat. So you're getting a nutritious bar that tastes like a candy bar, but with a fraction of the calories and sugar that you would get out of some other things. And they taste great. That's the best part. So that you're going to go over to BuiltBar.com, and when you do, you use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. And make sure to check out Locked On Boston College. We're going to be doing uh, with Mitch Wolf who um, is now one of our staff writers, we're going to do some analysis on each day of the three major Boston College targets in the NFL draft. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. Thank you all for following along. I hope you make this part of your routine, whether it's listening at home while you're uh, you know, doing dishes or cooking or in the car or during a workout. You know, We like to talk Boston College every day, and this is uh, I hope this becomes part of your life like it does with mine because this is something I look forward to doing. So let's look at the spring game and some of the players who stood out. Before we do that, though, um, Deion Jones, he was the name – he was named – Jay McGillis uh, Memorial Scholarship. If you don't know the story, we talked about it last week a little bit. McGillis was a player uh, under Tom Coughlin at Boston College, really shined as a secondary. He died of leukemia after a really long battle. And every year since, the Boston College team has given a scholarship to one of the players on the team in the secondary. And this year it was Deion Jones, who as every everything I've heard about him is that he's a leader on that defense and one of the key cogs. And not he doesn't get a lot of credit, which he should. So congratulations to Dion on that honor because I thought that was really cool, great to see. Uh, but let's look at some of the players that stood out. First of all, wide receiver. You know, you talk about Zay Flowers. He, I mean, I mean, what am I going to say that hasn't already been said about Zay Flowers? You know, he played on Saturday. He had two touchdowns. Both of them were circus catches, uh, both with great footwork. He beat Brandon Sebastian on one of them, which, you know, Sebastian's our best corner. Showcased everything you want to see. Um, he had a great game, and I, I, I don't want to keep talking about Zay Flowers. I could make a whole episode about him. But the wide receiver that caught my attention was Taji Johnson. And, you know, he is a guy, he's 6'3". He looks like a, a linebacker out there. He is humongous in his frame. He's got a big, thick frame. And, you know, they were talking about during the show, uh, during the game, excuse me, that, he, you know, A, they were wondering if he needs to bulk up just a little bit more. And B, if they might, you know, one of them was, one of the hosts was wondering if Boston College might move him to tight end, which, yes, please, get Taji Johnson on the field as fast as possible and give Jakovic a a target at a tight end wide receiver hybrid slot. That would be amazing. So Taji Johnson made a a couple catches that were incredible. Uh, Good, you know, we when you got the... um, Summer reports last year, there was all this talk about all the great catches. They showed pictures of him. You got to see it live for the first time because he didn't really play last year. But he is an elite talent. I mean, I am very impressed and cannot wait to see what he can do on the field. And given the kind of questionable depth that they have at tight end, if they want to get him out there and play him at tight end, that would be a, a that would kill two birds with one stone. You got a talented player out there, and you got a guy with good hands that could be a wide receiver that can catch the ball. And I mean. I don't. I don't want to say he'd be a, a, a you know cat. He would be the immediate fill in for Hunter Long, but and and match his um, output. But I could see Taji Johnson really being successful if that's the case. But that you know that might have just been hypothetical. And I'd love to hear what Halfley has to say about that as we get closer to the summer. Another player that came up that no one has talked about really. Uh, until this game was Denzel Blackwell. Now Blackwell was a freshman in 2020 from Texas and, and a, a cornerback. So you, obviously you have 
you know, Josh DeBerry and Brandon Sebastian and Elijah Jones really locking down that position. And then you bring in freshmen like C.J. Burton and Sean Asbury that are going to catch more of, of the, the press. But Blackwell played really well, and Halfley singled him out after the game as having an, an amazing um, spring. So I thought that was interesting as well. He had two pass breakups during this game. Um, just looked really out, good out there. And, and as I've mentioned before, Halfley's system really uh, emphasizes you know getting lots of guys into the game so that they can keep them fresh. So if that's the case, you could definitely think of um, – Blackwell playing. And speaking of secondary players that could be playing this fall, CJ Burton, he looked like he's he looks like a college cornerback already. You know, he he's got the size and and the swagger and he's there. Uh you know, he had one play that I think it was called dead. They were going to call it pass interference, but it was it, I thought it was really good um footwork by him and 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 good technique. And finally, uh, back to the wide receiver room. My gosh, the, the the depth that they have there. Lewis Bond. Whoa, where did he come from? Now, I I mean I know because I've talked to him. He's from Chicago. He you know he's t- roommates with uh, our he's uh, classmates with Dante Reynolds, who's also from Chicago. They're both true freshmen. Uh, he came here as an athlete, uh, and he looked like an athlete. And he had a play in the end zone that. Uh, was the play of the game and it was called incomplete, but he had, you know, he stretched out, made a great catch where he caught one foot in in bounds, but because it's a spring game and it doesn't really matter, they didn't uh, review the play and they blew it incomplete, but he, he, you know, he made some plays out there and I think he's going to be ready. And finally, you know, I mean, I could talk about these players all more and if I forget one, I will come back tomorrow. We can bring them up again. The one other player I wanted to talk about was Xavier Coleman, Uh, running back, freshman, um, I thought he looked like he's ready to be part of this this running back rotation. Um, it was hard to see what the running backs could do, is because I said earlier they get touched, they're down. But you know he had a couple good bursts. He had you know he was active in the pass game, um, but it was clear you know he played with Jakovic, so he's on the first team out there with Travis Levy. But it'll be interesting to see if he keeps it with Alex Sinkfield, the transfer from West Virginia coming in over the summer. So that's kind of my wrap-up for the spring game for now. And, and, you know, to put it in a bow, Jeff Halfley said after the game that they ran basically four plays <laughs> through the whole game. So it was very, very vanilla. They don't want to put anything on tape for other uh, defenses to see. And that's not uncommon throughout the throughout college football. That's a, what a lot of teams do. Um, but it was fun. It, that's I think at the end of the day, I had fun watching it. I think the players had fun. Um, and if you watched it from home, you probably had a good time too. Because I, th- I thought they did a nice job of the way that they broadcasted it too. Um, hopefully next year we'll all be at the game. We can all talk about what it was like being there. But uh, we'll talk more about that tomorrow along with the NFL draft. Uh, we'll talk with Mitch Wolf about uh, one of the prospects that should be heading to the NFL draft. And um, I'll get into Jeff Halfley's comments after the spring game. So if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at LockedOnBC. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're on everything. Um, I hope you enjoy your Monday. I hope it's not too bad. Um, We'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone.